Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. How many of y'all are out there tonight? Mississippi State sports going on all over the place here uh, as we come on the air. Thanks for joining me. This is Thunder and Lightning. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino down there in... uh, Studio X in the Super Talk World Headquarters down there in Jackson. Yeah, we got Mississippi State sports all over the place. Mississippi State baseball uh, going on right now down in Biloxi, tied 1 1 with Louisiana. Bottom of the fourth inning, dogs have first and third with one out for uh, for Hunter Hines. We'll see if the campaign against baseballs continues from him. He That guy hates baseballs. He's been hitting them out of ballparks all over the place. And then uh, just getting tipped off up there in South Bend, Indiana, Mississippi State's women uh, are taking on Illinois in the first four game on the East Regional. Uh, winner of this game will advance to play Creighton on, I believe, Friday. Maybe Saturday. I could be wrong on that. I'm not 100% sure, so don't don't hold me to it. So a lot of MSU sports uh, going on, and Hunter Hines has just doubled down the right field line and made it a 2-1 Mississippi State game. So that's good news for the Bulldogs. So a lot going on Mississippi State-wise uh, as we speak and as we start up the program. But we've got a good show lined up for you tonight. And obviously we're going to start off, uh, we're going to talk a lot of basketball to get this one started. Of course, the season comes to an end last night for the men. Uh, 60-59 to heartbreaker. And I mean, when I say heartbreaker, I mean it in the most uh, literal sense of the word to, uh, to a game that saw 21, 21 lead changes. For the, uh, for the neutral observer, a fantastic game of basketball, but for the Mississippi State fan, a really, really tough way to end the season. Uh, and, and it ended up, you know, almost almost poetic with a missed wide open three. Eh, just is what it is. I mean, I thought that team, and and we'll talk more about the the future of that of this team in in, the, in a little bit. But that game, it was first of all outstanding basketball game. I mean, that if that's the second game of the NCAA tournament, if that's the standard. But these games are going to have to meet. We're we're in for a great few weeks here in March of this tournament because that was a great college basketball game. Two teams going back and forth, making plays. State muddied the game up the way they want. They got the kind of scoring they wanted. You know, Pitt as a team averages seventy-seven points a game, and they held them to sixty. If you had told me that before the game, I'd have said, "Well, State won. State's moving on." But at the end of the day, State's biggest nemesis showed up. And and then that's the inability to make shots, and you know they shot under forty percent, and then you know as a team, I I don't know off the top of my head the number, but I would tell you they probably average close to fifteen free throws a game, maybe maybe even closer to sixteen seventeen, and they only had seven, they were five of seven from the line. So I mean if if they had gotten to the line with their normal amount, even if they had shot a poor percentage, sixty percent, they still would have had the winning margin right there on the free throw line. Uh, Tolu Smith, only 13 points, 
you know, you look at the the light the the box score and you see that Deshaun Davis had fourteen and Shaq Moore had uh, I'm sorry, Deshaun Davis had fifteen and Shaq Moore had fourteen. DJ had nine with thirteen rebounds. And you think the supporting cast sort of showed up for you there, but Tolu just just could never really get going. And I give credit a lot of credit to Pitt for that. Without their starting center, the incredibly named hold on. Rhino, have you heard the name of Pitt Center? Did you did you miss this bit of news? Did you see what it <laughs> I was? I caught this one, yeah. Federico Federico. You should change your name to Rhino Rhino. It's I'm a name saying. so twice I, I said it nice. It. Exactly. So, but they he was out. And so this is the best part of this, Rhino, is that, okay, so the, the guy named Federico Federico, the guy with two names, is out. So what do we do? We go get two guys with the same name. Twin brothers to play center for Pitt last night. The, I think, Graham Diaz brothers. One one minute older than the other. Great stories out of Pitt. Anyway, uh, and they got the job done. They, they were able to limit Tolu. And State had the same problem they always had. They would get the ball into the paint and either miss or turn it over. It just, just not a clean basketball game, the kind that you needed to play in an NCAA tournament game to get the win. And so the season comes to an end. 21 and 13 on the year. I mean, that is about maybe six or seven more wins that I would have told you that I thought they were going to have when we go back to, uh, to November. When we, when we go back to where I thought state would be at this point, you know, I thought state would be improved. They would play better. You'd be excited for the future. The idea that Mississippi State could be an, an NCAA tournament team in November of 2022, no chance. You would have never gotten that out of me. And honestly, I don't think you would have gotten it out of just about anybody. Even the most ardent maroon and white supporter, the, the biggest maroon and white glasses wearer, would have said, well, if they can be a top seed in the NIT, they'd be doing really well. I mean, it just wasn't meant to be like that for Mississippi State this year. And yet it was. Yet Christian's made it so. A lot of talk in this state yesterday about a new basketball coach, same first name. But Mississippi State has got its guy. They've got a guy who can lead this program and lead this program to success. And we're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But based off of what he did this year, and again, you have to have watched the games, right? If you just If you just look at the box score and you see the shooting percentages, you think, I mean, what is wrong with this team? If you watch the games and you watch Chris Jansen, the way he set his team up for success, nearly every shot State took this year, I mean, I'm telling you, was well outside of when the shot clock was running down because nobody they couldn't find the open guy. The open guy was it tended to be there in almost every instance. Sometimes they just couldn't find him. But they took a ton of shots inside the paint, and they took a ton of open threes. The problem is they didn't make enough of the open threes. And then the free throws. I mean, if you're if you're if your game plan is get easy looks and get fouled, that is winning basketball most of the time. Problem is state couldn't the players couldn't execute. I don't want to put players under the bus. I'm certainly not doing that. I'm just telling you, the game planning by Jans this season was outstanding. You can tell that guy is an elite level game planner. What's going to be the the telltale for him is, is he a, a elite level or just a good enough recruiter? Because now is the time to start hitting the portal. It's obviously going to start, you know, firing up. It's about to start getting real in who you're able to bring into this, uh, into this, uh, portal into Mississippi State. 
Uh, and and shooters, shooters, shooters. You got to go out and you got to find guys you can rely on to shoot three point shots this upcoming season. And if you get a couple of those, then you're going to be in really good shape, assuming some other pieces fall into place for you. The way I think that they w- they have a chance to do, they have a chance to do. I won't say I won't go so far as to say I think they will. I will say I think they have a chance to do. But this season should go down as one of the better basketball seasons we've had, obviously in the last decade. But just in terms of exceeding expectations, in terms of the you know this team was fun to watch at times because if if you went into the games knowing. If you went in knowing the offense was bad, you're like, look, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to try to appreciate what they do defensively. They were a joy to watch. I mean, you just knew they were going to muddy the game and make it ugly. But, man, they if ever a basketball team could embrace a Mississippi State mentality, the grinding for your state mentality that Anthony Dixon made famous, it was this basketball team. They earned every win they had. They never, nothing ever came easy for them this year. And once they got out of non-conference, especially, I mean, look at their conference wins. Did they blow anybody out? I think they beat LSU by a, a big margin in Starkville. That that might be it. Everything else, you know, they had to fight as hard as they possibly could to get the wins. And you know, while it may have been stressful to watch, I thought it was an enjoyable team to watch. Maybe I'm weird like that. I mean, I like watching great offensive basketball as much as the next guy, but there was something about this team that was exciting. And I think the future is exciting. So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back. we got a lot to do. I'll keep you guys up to date on what's going on. Uh, really early in the first quarter, MSU has a 6-4 to lead over Illinois in uh, women's basketball. Jessica Carter with all six points for the uh, for the Bulldogs there. And then over in Biloxi, uh, 2-1 Mississippi State, top of the fifth, one down. Uh, Tyler Davis on the mound now for the Bulldogs. Colby Holcomb gave him a pretty decent start, which four innings, only the one run, uh, which I believe was unearned. So a good start uh, there for Colby Holcomb. State's been getting better pitching uh, going forward. So we'll talk more about that. We'll talk some basketball when we come back. Let's talk about the future of this program. Chris Jans, extension? People are already asking that question about Zach Selman. And then, you know, Tolu Smith, will he be back? Let's talk about that. And then, you know, some recruiting news there. And, and, you know, we'll talk about the portal a little bit. It's a bright day ahead, I think, for Mississippi State basketball. And uh, Chris Jans is the reason for that. So, good stuff. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi.
Looking around here at some MSU sports uh, at the first media timeout, stayed up 10-8 over Illinois in the uh, NCAA Women's Tournament there in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, dogs uh, shooting only 40% from the floor, but Illinois only shooting 44% from the floor. So a little defensive struggle going there. And then over there in uh, Biloxi, state's got bottom, I'm sorry, top of the fifth, state uh, on the mound with Tyler Davis. 2-1 Bulldogs, and uh, first and second for the Raging Cajuns, though, with two outs. So State trying to get out of a little bit of a jam here. And if they can do that, they'll go to the bottom of the fifth with a 2-1 lead. This is Thunder and Lightning. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for joining me, as always, on a Wednesday evening. Uh, we saw Mississippi State's men's basketball team, their season, come to an end last night. Um, and so you start looking ahead to next season and what's that going to look like. Well, first and foremost, with Chris Chans, I think you have to reward him uh, for, for his efforts this year. Um, you saw yesterday with, with Ole Miss hiring Chris Beard. Uh, they're paying him 3.2. State's in an unusual situation with its basketball coach. They could easily afford to pay $3.2, $3.3 million a year. That w- it wouldn't be a, a budget crunch issue for them. But Ole Miss plays its, pays its football coach $9 million a year, and State pays its 3.5 because Zach Hardin is a first-time head coach. And Mississippi State's not Kentucky. They're not going to pay the basketball coach more than the football coach. This is not going to happen. So you got kind of a ceiling. You you really need Zach Arnett to have a great year this year, win like nine or ten games, and just go, well, you know, we're going to bump you up to five. We feel, we feel confident. So you can get a little wiggle room there with Jans. But I would imagine Jans is going to get a raise in the next couple of days. People, you know, Zach Selman tweeted about this team last night, and I, I do believe that's going to be on his list of, of things to do. Because quite honestly... Teams are going to come after Chris Chance, you know. Teams are going to are, are going to, uh, to to you know want to have a talk with him. You know, a lot of jobs are going to open up in the in the coming weeks, and so you want to lock him up and be sure about the the the, the, the place you're in for the future. I think Chris Chance is quite happy in Starkville. Uh, I, I think that you know he, he he feels like he can he can recruit the kind of players that can be successful in his system here to Starkville. So that's a good spot for State. That's that's number one. You know, we got if we got to, if we have if we were going to create a checklist for Mississippi State and what they need to do this offseason, Chris Jans, locked in, good to go. Number one. Number two is going to involve an NIL deal, and that's for Tolu Smith. Here's what I think about Tolu. Tolu is an outstanding college basketball player. Really, really good interior college basketball player. But when you talk about the NBA, even the big men in the NBA can can put up the three. They they, they are expected to be able to shoot the the three, and at the very least to have some mid range game. And at the end of the day, with Tolu, you just don't have that. That he is, I mean, he's never attempted a three pointer in college. Never even in a blowout game just decided I'm going to put one up here. It's never happened. So that makes him, you know, at the end of the day, he just he's kind of unattractive to the NBA. 20 years ago, Tolu Smith would have been a top 10 draft choice, been a lottery pick. Guy who can get to the basket like that in the old NBA, put him on those mixed teams with Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley, would have thrived. Nowadays, it's a different game. So our friend Charlie Winfield and the Bulldog Initiative will get to work, and they'll try to come up with a package that's suitable to keep him in Starkville for another season. The only two players on the team, and I had somebody tweet me about this uh, earlier today, that are 
for real out of eligibility. No chance they can come back. They have no more eligibility. No COVID years, no redshirt years, no nothing. Are Eric Reed and Tyler Stevenson. That's it. That's it. They're gone. They will not be on the team next year. Everybody else has a chance to come back. And between Deshaun Davis, DJ Jeffries, and Tolu Smith, those are probably the big three you're looking at. I think you get at least two of them back. I don't know which two, but I think you get at least two. I think I think Deshaun Davis has a great chance to be back. And then between Jeffries and and Tolu, you have an average to good chance. I mean, Tolu at the end of the day could go make money elsewhere. The other problem is European basketball is is sort of where this this evolution of the game has come from, and they like the big guys to be able to shoot there too. You think about some of the best. You know, shooters right now, they're the Europeans, guys like Jokic and, and Donkic and, and those guys, you know, bigger guys that can shoot the three. You know, you go all the way back to Dirk Nowitzki. So, I mean, I just, Tolu's lack of perimeter shooting is, is just a weakness. And it's a big one in today's NBA, in today's professional basketball. So, you know, I think you try to find a, a really good NIL package for him and get him back for another season. If you do that, it allow we we go into number three, and if it doesn't happen, number three changes. If number three is you don't have Tolu Smith, well then you do have to find a big man in the portal. But if you don't have that problem, if you have Tolu Smith locked up, then it's just you got to find shooters. You got to go get you know. I think State's probably going to have room for two to three guys. And, you know, I expect a couple of guys. The, the freshman class. I mean, Martavius Russell and Kamani Hamilton. Probably going to move on. We'll see what happens with Keyshawn Murphy. He got to play a little bit last night. He showed you some some things this season that made you think he could be a contributor. He's just got to get better defensively. The Jans, the Jans philosophy is going to be defense first. Guys who don't play good defense aren't going to play. Keyshawn Murphy's just got to get better defensively because I know he can score. I know he can get you some points here and there. You got to find shooters. You got to go find guys 35, 40%. Three-point shooters, guys who you can trust to shoot the ball. You got one of those guys. We're not going to play the Cretan song for this guy. We, we have that coming up later, though. But Josh Hubbard from MRA is a shooter. A lot of people ask me about Hubbard, like, well, you think he's going to play defense? I, I just don't feel like Chris James is going to play guys who don't play defense, unless they are just tearing it up. You know, Hubbard's seven for nine from behind the arc in a game. Okay, if you want to take a possession off here or there, I, I got you because you're raining down threes. But for the most part, it, defense is going to be a non-negotiable with Chris Jans. You know, I feel like people sometimes get you know, all of these guys were like Josh Hubbard in high school. They were all outstanding scorers, and they were all guys who you know led their teams and probably didn't have to play a ton of defense. But then they come to college and they, and they know that the thing they, that things change. They all want to play in the NBA, and as much as like old people like to say there's no defense in the NBA, watch a game. There's plenty of defense in the NBA. The problem is the guys, the shooters are so elite that they make contested shots. But there's plenty of defense in the NBA. So if you want to play in the NBA, you got to play defense. If you want to play in college basketball, you got to play defense. These guys know that. Getting Hubbard was a big thing, and that that recruitment played out basically the, exactly the way I thought. When he signed with Ole Miss. I knew that the reason he signed with Ole Miss is he had a great relationship with Kermit Davis, and I knew that Kermit Davis wasn't going to be there at the end of the season. I knew that, you know, that was going to be the case. So the whole time that was happening, I was just like, well, just got to wait it out. Just got to wait it out. And that's exactly what happened. And now Hubbard's a bulldog, and he's going to be a key piece. You know, I think next year he will be a guy that 
I don't know that he'll start, but I do know that he'll be a guy that you can bring in off the bench and get some instant offense from. So that'll be a good setup for Mississippi State. A big, big, big situation there. Uh, big, big signing for Mississippi State. State needed to get that kid in the boat, and they did. And that that class coming in, another guy, you know, Trey Fort, Lorenzo Fort is his name. Big time shooter, JUCO kid, averaged twenty five, twenty six points a game. That's what you need. You need guys who can come in and score. You'll get them. You'll get them. You'll teach them the effort. You'll teach them the defense. That won't be an issue. The issue is going to be, you know, you've got to have guys who can score. And if you can get that next year with Tolu Smith, and you can keep the same kind of defensive mentality you had this year, well, then next year we're not talking about a play-in game. We're talking about, you know, you're a higher seed. You're in. You're done. You're good. That's that's going to be the case for that. When you think about where basketball was, you know, over the past decade at Mississippi State, from the time Rick Stansberry left, which, by the way, he's back on the market. If I'm Mississippi State, I would definitely try to bring him in and a you know director of basketball ops, director of in-state recruiting, not a, not a coach, but a guy who can you know use his connections to help you recruit. That seems like a no-brainer to me. But since Stansberry left, you know you had the three years of Rick Ray, which were just painful to watch. And then you had Ben Howland, and yeah, Howland he got the program back on the level ground at least. And had him in the NCAA tournament. And then right when it looked like you're going to start taking off a little bit, they came back down to earth. And the program remained on good footing, at least. It wasn't in the situation where it was when Rick Ray left. But he, he should have, it, it should have taken off after 2019 and it didn't. It went back down. Chris Jans take comes in and in year one back to the NCAA tournament. That's a great sign. That's a big green flag for me. And then we go forward. All right, into the second quarter in South Bend, Mississippi State with a 21-19 lead over Illinois, so the Bulldogs in the lead there. And uh, now 3-1 Mississippi State down there in Biloxi. Uh, Colton Ledbetter just had an RBI double to score. Amani Larry, bottom of the fifth, one out, man on second for the Bulldogs. When we come back, we'll talk a little baseball. They're getting hot. Are things going in the right direction? Can we start? Can we stop worrying? Big series this weekend. Uh, up in Lexington. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. FM Thunder and Lightning. On Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder, well, now you got it. Back here on Thunder and Lightning. On Super Talk Mississippi, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad, Rhino down there in Studio X with the cool tunes. If you ever missed this podcast, well, you don't have to because it's available wherever you get podcasts. You know, I'm sorry. I guess this isn't a podcast. This is a show. I'm so used to podcasting, Rhino. It's just it's just a habit. Uh, but if you ever missed this show, it's available wherever you get podcasts from on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. If you're subscribed to that, it's right there. It comes up, pops up minutes 
seconds, really, after this show ends. And, of course, you get the Thunder and Lightning podcast five days a week, plus any uh, any extra content that we do for that. And while you're subscribing to podcasts, why don't you keep up with everybody in the state with the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, the Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour. It's all available to you wherever you get podcasts or at supertalk.fm, which you haven't, if you haven't bookmarked supertalk.fm by now, well, what are you doing? That's your one-stop shop for all the news that's that you need to know here in the state of Mississippi. And, of course, the best part of it all, in, in, in these trying times, don't cost nothing. Inflation has not affected the flow of news here at Supertalk uh, Mississippi. So check us out. It's wherever you get your podcast from. Quick update around the world here. Uh, in South Bend, MSU still holds a lead over Illinois. Six minutes to go in the uh, second quarter. Stayed up 25-23 over the Fighting Illini. And then in Biloxi, they've just gone to the top of the sixth. Uh, MSU leads Louisiana 3-1. to one. Uh, Tyler Davis still on the mound for the Bulldogs. Baseball's all right. We we got to have the baseball conversation here because I feel like we're watching a, a kid take his first steps here. We're all nervous he's going to fall. Like you can do it, you can do it, and we're just we're just terrified the kid's going to going to beef it and go right into it on his face because of what happened last year. At no time last year did this team win six games in a row. They were bad from the start of the season all the way through. They were never good. Teams won six in a row. It looks like they're going to make it. Uh, looks like they're going to make it seven here. Uh, if if they can if they can hold on, you know, if they can continue to add to this lead. So, and and if you watch them play again, you know, that's that's something you know. I I stressed. I got to stress this. You know, you got to watch the games. You know, if you just look at the box scores at the end of the night, if you just read the recaps, if you just listen to the podcast, you're not getting the full, you know, the full picture. When you watch this team play these last few games, it feels like things are starting to, to come into place for them a little bit. It feels like the batting order is starting to set itself up. You know, Hunter Hines has raised his average 50, 60 points. He's mashing the ball. Kellum Clark's hitting the ball better. The top of the order is fantastic with uh, Larry, Ledbetter, Chance, and Hancock. Um, and then Ross Highfield's been fantastic as a true freshman. He's really put himself into that spot where he's going to be the uh, the everyday catcher, I think. Defensively, they've been cleaner. They played. They only had, uh, I think, two errors all last week. You know, and that's the week before that they had ten. So I mean, you got to take that as progress, right? And then from a pitching perspective, I think they're starting to sort some things out. Each of the starters last week got him into the fifth inning on the weekend. Gerangelo Sanjay, Graham Intima, Landon Gartman. You sort of know what you've got with uh, with Nate Dome. He can be a long relief guy. He can be a closer. Um, feels like Evan Sieri is a guy you can rely on. Throws strikes. Will Gibbs is a guy I feel like you can rely on. Throws strikes. Brock Tapper. Casey Hunt has pitched twice in the past uh, two days. Two games, I should say. And has gotten... A, Scoreless relief looks a lot better. I think he's just better suited out of the bullpen. So it feels like things are starting to figure themselves out a little bit. Big test this weekend against Kentucky. Now, Kentucky, year in, year out, were, or I should say, a team that always gets off to a hot start and then they play in the conference and it just kind of falls apart for them. Now, if you're a Kentucky, if you're an MSU fan and you're thinking about Kentucky, you're pretty, if you're thinking about their old baseball stadium, Cracker Jack Box, right? 
you would think State could just go up there and mash some home runs. This is a new park. It's a little bit more pitcher-friendly. So State's going to have to do that. And then you look at the weather, it's going to be freezing cold up there all week. And I mean, I expect low-scoring games. It's the way it is. So it's a test for Mississippi State. If they win this series, I feel like you can take a breath and say, okay, they're going to be all right. They're going to compete and have a chance to be in the postseason. I've, going back to where we were, you know, we talk about November for the basketball team. Going back to January for this baseball team, I think I said, you know, being a two seed in somebody else's regional is a good goal for this team. They're young. They have so many new faces. They need, they just getting into the postseason is good enough. After, especially after what happened last year, after the train wreck you experienced last year, just getting back into postseason play is good enough. Right now, yeah, they're playing like a team that can do that. They just got to keep moving forward. But already this year, they're playing better, I think, than what they did at any point last year. It's just about the young guys coming together. You know, I'll tell you, I, I talked about this. We talked about this in the press box this past weekend. You know, if you want to play, look ahead to next season. And I can tell you that that starting rotation is likely to be. Gerangelo Sinjay, Bradley Lofton, and Nate Dome with another year of experience and, and growth and getting better. That's winning you some ball games. That's three guys who can pitch at the next level, pitching the majors. Those are that's you got three guys there that are all throwing, you know, mid nineties, all with good, you know, good off speed stuff. Sinjay's been really good. I mean, I, I was wondering how, you know, there was so much hype around him being the both handed guy. How was it? What, what, you know, was it more hype or substance? He's pitched well. He's pitched really well. Threw over 100 pitches last week. Got into the sixth inning. Was was in command. Um, and then you know, Gartman and Eintema have just been sort of you know, they're grinders. They 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 fight for every inch. Those guys do. Kate Smith. You know, I thought my thought process this week was if he was healthy, he might have pitched today. Um, but hasn't done that as of this moment. So we'll see if uh, if that occurs. But you know he, he's going to get back into the rotation. I think he might go to Saturday. They, I think they're going to leave Gerangelo Sinjay on Fridays. And honestly, I said this on the, on the show uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi might be there for the next two years, three years. I mean, might just be Mississippi State's Friday night guy for a while now. Again, he's that kind of talent. But if Kate, when Kate Smith gets back in, that's another arm. That's another healthy guy. He he's a good pitcher. He had the bad game against uh, Arizona State, but I mean he's had enough good games that I mean you're, you you sometimes you just have a bad game. Greg Maddox had a bad game every now and then, guys. I think people get too caught up in like, oh well, it's just you know. And I think at that early juncture of the season, right after State had lost to VMI and lost to ULM, and then when they lost that first game to Arizona State, everybody's just on eggshells. They're like, we got to change everything. And sometimes you just got to let things play out a little bit. No, I, I I get it. You know, I'm one of the big proponents of like if this isn't working, you got to change, got to get away from it. I feel like coaches sometimes, what do I say? They'd rather lose their way than win somebody else's. I feel like sometimes it goes even further than that. that they would just rather not even change things in the face of things not working. They would rather just bang their head against the wall sometimes. But sometimes at the same, but the same token. You do have to let things play out a little bit. State has let things play out a little bit, and it feels like it feels like. They're going in the right direction. Now, I am not telling you, I'm not sitting here telling you that Mississippi State baseball is back, 
We're not playing the back game. I'm not saying that, okay, last year was a fluke. Because they could just as easily go up to Kentucky this weekend and play terrible defense, and then the pitching just doesn't work for them, and they walk a bunch of guys, and they lose two games. Could just could easily happen. But if it doesn't happen, and they get where they're supposed to be offensively, and they get where they're supposed to be from a pitching perspective, and they get where they're supposed to be defensively, well, this is a good enough team to compete all year long. You know, are they going to win the West? Are they going to win the SEC? Are they going to host? Are they going to be a, a, a top eight host? No, I don't think that's the case. I could be wrong. They could get hot, but I don't. I don't see that happening. But are they a good enough team that they can be on the bubble for those last couple? You know, the fifteen and sixteen seeds, and then if that doesn't work out, they're on the road somewhere playing baseball. Yeah, certainly, certainly, that's a good bounce back from what you did a year ago. It could go another way. Think about the last time State had a losing season before that. It was 2015, right? 2016, they started off really slow. They had a bunch of new faces. But then once everybody gelled, they won the SEC. Is that going to happen? I am not saying that's going to happen. Nobody is going to quote me as saying that's going to happen. If you do, you're, you're telling a lie. Don't be that person. But we'll see. Couple of quick updates before we go to the commercial here. Uh, MSU leads Illinois 27 26 with 3.05 left in the second quarter on a, uh, a, a scoring drought, though. Oh, they haven't scored a field goal in 3.46. Bottom of the sixth, one down. State leads Louisiana 3 1. Hunter Hines about to come to the plate. We'll see what he can do uh, for the Bulldogs. He had an RBI double earlier in the game, had two monster home runs. I don't know if you've seen the video of that. Go find him on Twitter if you haven't. He put one in that parking garage out beyond the stadium last night. So, All right, we'll wrap things up with a little recruiting talk. MSU got a big-time commitment last week since last we spoke. Let's talk about that. No, we haven't talked about it on Sports Talk. Let's talk about it here on Thunder and Lightning. We'll be back in just a minute. Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. One last go-around here with you on uh, Thunder and Lightning here on a Wednesday evening. Brian Haydad here. Rhino down there in Studio X. Quick update. We go to the half in uh, South Bend. MSU with a slim a slim 31-30 lead over Illinois. Difference in the game is simple. State's 10 of 12 from the free throw line. Illinois hasn't shot a free throw. So, good work by Mississippi State playing defense without fouling there. Because everything else is pretty even. And actually, I mean... Illinois shooting 48% from the field. The women for state only shooting 32%, but the foul line is the difference. Top seven in Biloxi, one down. Ty Harden on the mound for the Bulldogs right now. They have a 3-1 lead over Louisiana. Since last we talked, something happened in the recruiting game. Hit it, Rhino. Creighton, 
Cretan, 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 Always a good idea to go and get your quarterback in in the boat. Always a good idea. And honestly, you know, when you talk about Mississippi State this season, I thought that that guy was going to be Trey Petty, the quarterback from here in Starkville. Felt like that was the way that was going to go. Zach Arnett had other ideas, or at least he does at this time, because he gets a commitment from a four-star quarterback out of the state of Alabama that had an Alabama offer. I didn't stutter. I, I can't believe it either. Josh Flowers is the kid's name. If you watch his film, you can watch some of his huddle videos. This is this is a prototypical college football quarterback right now. Just got to find a little more with the passing game. But the 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 the, the intangibles. In fact, if we've been making fun of uh, Anthony Richardson, right? But that's what this kid is. He's a, a plus athlete, an outstanding runner, a big arm. As he continues to develop, he's going to become a big time quarterback. This is a kid who had offers from Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A and M, and Florida, among others. Say a truly big time prospect, so much so that the national guys from twenty four seven were on the message board saying this was a great get for Mississippi State. Good job. So very interesting uh, pickup for Mississippi State. They also picked up a lineman from the fine city of Winona, Mississippi. I was in Winona the other day, or at least passing through. And uh, T.J. Lockhart, six five and three sixty five. So much for the passing game, right? They're getting back to recruiting the Maulers there on the offensive line. So State finally had its first two commitments for the class of 2024 and would imagine that guys are going to continue to to come into this class over the next few weeks. This is a really good in-state class here in the state of Mississippi this year. Uh, really good um, crop of players, you know, a lot of, of talented guys across the state of Mississippi. Uh, so going to be something, obviously, you know, to keep up with this year. When you look at the, the talent in this state, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'll just, I'll just count here. I'm counting out loud. you got 13 four-star kids as it stands right now with another, you know, six or seven that are on the precipice and could, could become four-stars in the near future. Good year for defensive linemen in this state. You know, you look in the top uh, ten players in this state, five of them are defensive linemen. Uh, so, you know, you got to think with Mississippi State, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, Jeff Simmons, Montez Sweat, those guys, you know, it pays off to have players like that at the next level. And then some great wide receiver talent this year. J.J. Harrell from, uh, Grenade, uh, from North Panola. Uh, here in Starville, his name is Braylon, but everybody calls him Stonka. Stonka Burnside, big time player. Uh, State State really can't afford to have another AJ Brown situation there. They, they need to get that kid in the boat. Um, and then down on the coast, uh, Nareel White at, at St. Martin's. Two kids already committed. Harold's committed to Tennessee. White committed to Arkansas. In state commitments are out to out of state schools like that. We'll see. Let's, let's let's revisit that when we get a little closer to December. We'll see how that goes. Also, the best running back in the state this year is at West Point. So I'm not saying you can lock that up, but you could probably be pretty close to locking that up for Mississippi State. When's the last time a West Point kid got away from the Bulldogs? I can't. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name correctly. Kanin, Kanin Daniels, K-A-H-N-E-N. If you're listening, young man, 
hit me up. Let me know how to pronounce it. Text line is 601-879-4395. How similar is this offense to Mullins? Uh, Jason asks. It's not that similar. Not that similar. You'll see more under, more under center. You see more misdirection. You'll see a lot more of the vertical passing game. It's it's not it's it. Are, are there going to be some some read option looks? Absolutely, but le- it's not the same. And especially you got to consider Jason Will Rogers is still your quarterback. It's not like you got Nick Fitzgerald or Dak Prescott back there ready to run the ball 15, 20 times a game. Still got to still got to do you know put everything around Mullen. I'm sorry, around Rogers. So we'll see how it goes. Thunder and Lightning tomorrow. We'll be wrapping up. Uh, some MSU women's basketball, some MSU uh, baseball, and we're talking running backs, so we'll stay with that, uh, some football, some spring uh, pr- practice breakdowns on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Check this out. And, of course, we'll be on sport- I'll be on Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow. So plenty of stuff to go around, plenty to talk about. Thanks to Rhino for uh, holding it down in Studio X. Always appreciate him and appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.